This episode is brought to you by the Witty and Gritty 5-Minute Mini Journal. It's centered around Ephesians 6, 10-18, known as the Armor of God. Once you download this freebie, over the next 7 days, take a few minutes each day and dive into what the Armor of God is and why it's important to Christians in their daily walk. You can find this at wittyandgritty.blog. We'll link it in the show notes. Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. All right, this is episode 150, Old Lady in Podcast Years. Look at us. (laughs) We have Janet Watson on today, and she is closing our Love Language mini-series. Remember, it's not just about you and your spouse, but it could be any other relationship you have. And today, we're bringing Janet on. Yes, so Janet, we know you from the church that we attend, Sea Life. But for those that are not as familiar with who you are, can you give us a brief introduction? Yes, and thank you for having me on. I'm delighted to be here. So um, my husband and I met in fifth and sixth grade at a church camp. Nice. We ended up getting married um, our, his senior year, my junior year of college. So he was from Millshoe, Texas, you know, the good old Jenny Slippers. And I was from Sudan, which is in the panhandle of Texas. So we, um, we were at Texas Tech and um, we ended up, we've been married 37 years. We have four kids. And um, a son and three daughters. Uh, yes. And and now I have a new job and it's called being a honey. Oh, so three I love little, it. Yeah. Three little grandsons, um, Brooks, Will, and Ollie. And then we have Ella Kate coming in July. So, oh, so exciting. So I taught school for years and then um, we were relocated here and um, I needed a gig, and so I became a Bible study fellowship leader with BSF in Garland, and I was also doing Bible study with Forney, and so during the pandemic, I felt like the Lord was leading me to be a little more intentional in my local church, but I do miss BSF. We are runners, and so about 10 or 11 years ago, he, uh, we, and I, we started running, and um, so he turned 60 in October, so he recently bad timing on his part, but we had just finished Cowtown half marathon and it was not my best race. I can promise you. And he said, Hey, I want to invite you to do something. Um, I want to run six half marathons to commemorate my 60th birthday. Would you like to do this with me? I said, (laughs) I'm going to need a minute. So anyway, but he has mentioned that we would travel to Montana to do that half marathon so I think it's sounding maybe like a possibility a little win-win there all right I can get a trip out of it but talk (laughs) give her a trip and she will go (laughs) that's it that's it (laughs) 
Okay, so today we do have you on specifically for love languages, and we are wrapping up the mini series as mentioned before. So we're going to talk about each of these five love languages, but the questions we're want to, wanting to kind of address would be, how do we see this happening in the Bible, like God's love towards us in different ways? And then how can we grow closer to God using specific love languages? So that's a little bit of a, a tweak on it we haven't we haven't done yet. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay, so we're just going to start in the order that we did in the book, and so we'll start with words of affirmation. So, Janet, how how do you feel God demonstrates his love for us through just words? Mm-hmm. So, I, I feel strongly about this, that it is important that we take advantage of his written word, which is the Bible, to know it, and um, how can we know um those words of affirmation if we don't know his words and his character and his story, because we may misunderstand him as being a a God that is angry and looking for opportunities to smite us when that's not his character at all. He's a God of love and justice. And so I really hold um, Romans 12, 2 as a critical verse for me, foundational, and that is to do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I think if we're daily in the word, I feel like our chances to hear his voice toward us are more clear and succinct. And then also we have creation. It, you know, we we have uh, Psalm 19 where we can just look around and see, um, you know, it says um, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. We are learning more about his awesomeness by looking at creation. So I, I feel strongly that um, I, I'm afraid, especially young moms, they get um, the comparison trap, whatever it could be, that they don't, their calling to be a mom is the highest calling. And um, and then, if but if they're looking always at somebody else in their lane, they're going to miss the beautiful adventure God has for them. And, you know, the fact that he has so distinctly designed each one of us, he, and that you're the chosen one for those kids, I just... I think it's a beautiful journey we're invited on, but we have to take the time to to sit in the scripture and being quiet to hear his voice. And I also believe that God multiplies the time of people if we can never out give him and he will multiply our time. So that's a, I think that's a promise from him. It's, it's encouraging um, to know that he wants to meet with us far more than we want to meet with him. So. I like that you started out with, going to scripture, because I do think that if you're not in scripture, you're getting, you know, his words secondhand and ideally they're pure, right? That interpretation's pure, but we're all human and no one's perfect. It's hard to be perfect. (laughs) And so if you do have a perception of God, like you referenced, that's maybe not as loving, then I would encourage you just as Janet said, to go find out what scripture says. Mm-hmm. So I love that recommendation. Yeah. And we talk about the Bible recap and our miles and the daily audio Bible a lot on the podcast. Do you have any other sources you like besides just the Bible, but if you're having a hard time, maybe getting in the word or wanting to get in the word. Yeah. Like if you were, if you've ever mentored someone on where to get started, because sometimes mm-hmm. people are apprehensive, they don't even know where to start. 
Exactly. The Bible recap is one of my favorites. Absolutely. But I would say too, just the gospels and John and Luke are both so different that yet, and those are beautiful starting places and just seeing um, the person of Jesus through the miracles. I love that his first miracle was turning water into wine at a wedding. I mean, who could not fall in love with a Messiah like that? You know, he's just culturally relevant and and just so tender in our journeys where there's that could have been the most embarrassing thing for that family to have run out of provision at that big feast. And he came through. And um, I just think that he does that for each one of us. One thing before we move on, I feel like journaling is a huge help too in getting to know his character. And um, But one thing, I have this picture about um, his voice to us, and I, I learned it at a camp years ago when I was a counselor, and that is, you know, the enemy would love, we need a God filter, what is true, noble, lovely, those things of God's character from Philippians 4, 4 through 8. But we are, as 2 Corinthians 10, 5, to take every thought captive and evaluate it. So if we are feeling constantly put down and, and just isolated, that is not God's voice to you. That, that more looks like a machete, doesn't it? Coming to just slice you to pieces. This is the word picture I love. Um, but it, God's voice is like a scalpel. And when we are needing to be convicted and he comes in like a surgeon to go right to that place to deal with that area because the goal is restoration to him. And so I just think that's a critical place in the allowing the affirmation. And then also just the truth of scripture is our life is not just about being happy. Our life is about being holy. And that is only a work the Holy Spirit can do in us. And so I just think the Lord invites us and then he equips us. And so he's very precious to us if we'll just get to know him that way. What love a it. great illustration. Yes, I agree. I'm a visual person. So I'm seeing this whole thing happen. Watch Grey's Anatomy. So I'm there. I got it. Um, I love I, it. Okay. So our next question is now that we know how God uses words of affirmation to show up to us and to know his truths about him. How can we reciprocate and how can we show words of affirmation out of love to God? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. And honestly, I think he, here he is, the creator of the universe. So amazing. So our tendency is to put him in a box and to just get in a little rut. And so I think the bottom line is let's keep it fresh. Let's keep it fresh. Let's, let's not do the same devotional every day before we read the certain amount I think, too, is before we do read the word is to ask the Holy Spirit to, to illuminate our minds because that's what he wants to do anyway. But I, I feel like, and for me, I um, recently, I just felt like there were th so many things on my to-do list. So I went in my living room, I started a fire, I turned all the lights off and I hid my phone from myself. And I just sat before the Lord and just got quiet before him. And I began to just... I do keep a journal of gratitude things, but I just begin to just tell him the way I saw him at work and appreciate that. And then in return, I felt like I got some a chance for a little bit of correction. It was not condemnation. It was I had I had needed to to ask my husband forgiveness for something I'd said to him the day before. And there were two compliments that I needed to give him. And I just felt like in that moment of sitting before the Lord and appreciating him, I felt like he in turn 
gave me something that would be helpful to someone else in my life. So I, to, to answer it all, stay in the word. I think one of the, I heard this little idea once before about the ABCs of affirmation. Sometimes when I walk in my neighborhood, I will just declare a God, you are all knowing. Um, I appreciate you, Lord, um, that you are bigger than anything I'm going to face today. And just go through the ABCs of affirmation. I think I love that. And I just want to make sure I keep it fresh, that I don't treat him small when he's not. And um, sometimes on my walk, I just cry because honestly, some things are, are bigger than words. And when you're going through a struggle, and he can handle every bit of that. And so um, that would be how I love him is to invite him in and to, I think, just through the day, stay near to him because his promise is he'll be near to us. So you mentioned the ABCs of affirmation. What, what do the A, B, and C stand for? Will you just or yes. will you explain it a little bit? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so just considering the, um, the alphabet, taking each letter of the alphabet, and just thinking of an attribute of him to declare him. It's kind of like, you know, I want to be your best cheerleader, Lord. And how can we be his best cheerleader if we're not excited about him? Mm-hmm. So, and you know, that that changes. Um, I will say for D, like A, B, C, D, D, God, thank you that you're in the details. There's not a detail that you haven't seen, that you have not perfected. And, you know, our life is messy. I think that's important that we keep in front of him. I and confession is a gift that we just say, you know, you are this way, you are compassionate, and I am not. Would you fill me with that attribute today? Would you help me reflect you in the way I love others or in this certain situation that's difficult? That's a really cool exercise, and you do that with your kids, too. I'm thinking Janet's yes. to write an alphabet book, because there's one for, like, all the states and, like, construction alphabet book. We need nice. <laughs> We, we know uh, we're pretty close to the publisher, so uh, let, you. let us know. <laughs> That's a great idea. And I like that you just gave, again, that application piece, because I think we could kind of see that words of affirmation towards God were, was going to be in the form of prayer, um, but then more specifically expressing gratitude. And then, yeah, just not that I think that's we want to show up and have a conversation with God like we would another person. And if I showed up and told Brooke the same stories day after day, <laughs> she'd have to probably sit me down and say, now look, <laughs> I'm tired of this story. We need to spice up this relationship. Uh, but yeah, so that's the one I like that as a way to keep it fresh. We also love that you mentioned journaling. We are definitely avid journalers. We have our own journal line. We'll link it for you guys in the show notes. So I love that you're using the journaling piece as you're actually writing words, which would be words of affirmation to God. And uh, the good thing about love languages is that they all can kind of be connected in some sort of way. We're not good at segues, but you clearly are because you mentioned spending time with God, which the next love language is quality time. So in the Bible or what you see in your life, how how is God demonstrating quality time with us? I feel, I feel like he invites us in if we will just see it. And like I said, with young moms, your, your time is not like mine. It, I have more time right now. So um, I think, too, he allows us to make the most of our time. So one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And, um, and so 
I, I feel like he is, um, he saved us by grace, not by works, that lest any man would boast, that we are his workmanship created to do, um, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's planned in advance for us to do. I think he makes our time count. And, you know, like we know John 10, 10, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that they have life in abundance. That, and our life should reflect our joy in him. And so the quality time is, yes, we've got to spend time with him, know his word, know his character, but then also we make our life count because we then use our time for his glory. And that doesn't mean signing up for a ton of stuff. That means with your kids in your neighborhood, with your husband, it means being like the, a marriage should be the picture of the church and that we should just really be honoring of each other and training our kids for the battle that we're in and, and to come, that we not shrink back, but that we're training them to go forward in what they're facing in our culture today. I think that goes back to a comment you mentioned earlier about, you know, staying in your lane and not falling into that comparison trap. So um, I know that with mom guilt, there can also be the spiritual guilt of, oh, there's my friend Susie, and she's at Bible study this week, and there's my friend Susie volunteering for Dino, and there's my friend Susie, and oh, her relationship with God must be so much better than mine. Now, there's a lot that kind of goes into that, but not downplaying what you are giving to God or where he is meeting you. It could be while you're doing the dishes or in the car pickup line or getting up with the baby in the middle of the night that, you know, finding that time with God. So yeah, giving yourself grace. So, okay. So now that we've talked about how he is longing to spend time with us, what can we do? Just whatever life phase, whether it's starting up a business or raising babies or friends, whatever that is, how can we spend that quality time reflecting? And even empty nesters because the age range for our listeners does span. And so we have listeners that are entering that new phase. Yes. So, or their teens, all. their teens are going and doing more. So now they are home alone on Friday night. It's like, <laughs> what are we going to do with this time? Take a nap. <laughs> and that is a huge adjustment. That's a great question. And um, well, I think uh, Colossians three seventeen and three twenty three are great starting points. And that's whatever you do, whether at work or play, do it all into the glory of the Lord. I believe we should be the the most joyful people on this earth. And that doesn't always mean doing work that means abiding in him and just being a blast because we we have the answer we have the savior and in that sharing it with other people so i think we should really see our life as a mission we are on mission every day to share the gospel that is our greatest gift he's ever given us is his son jesus and then in turn he's gifted each one of us so that we can be a part and, and play this um, and i cannot say it enough just it's just so tender to my heart that that we recognize that we're image bearers of his and that if you're not filling your spot no one else is it's like I would like to say Priscilla Shire come speak in this conference she doesn't live in my neighborhood I do you do and so trust him that he has you and he he wants to fulfill amazing purposes through you and that you do that together and I think that's the beautiful part I think that kicks the perfectionism out the door when you just say my job today is to say yes to you and that may mean staying in my home and reading books to my children all day it's not 
I think the performance thing with our social media and everything there, we have to be so careful that we want to be excellent in our service to him. But this is not about us. It is about him. And our part is to just show up. So a while ago, in 10 minutes ago, when I was downstairs with a crying baby and my husband wasn't free, I was like, okay, I'm, this is what I'm going to say, but I don't feel it right now. <laughs> so there's my example. I appreciate you, young moms. I forgot <laughs> how hard it was. <laughs> I, I was going to go there with that phrase of what I hear you saying is step one is show up. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we want to wait till it's perfect or the picture we envisioned of spending time with God. But step one is show up. Yes. And then he'll step in from there. Mm-hmm. And that can just not not necessarily physically showing up to church or to wherever. It could be like you were saying, Farron, when you're washing the dishes, you know the dishes have to be washed. You could easily just turn it into, that's what, when I wash dishes, I pray. There we go. Because yeah. the dishes that. never stop, just like laundry never stops. So if you're trying to up your prayer life, pray when you do household chores. <laughs> That, those are great ideas. Well done. Well done. And one quick thing in there, I recently heard that if you were to turn on the Bible, you could listen to it all in 72 hours. What? Is that amazing? I know. And, and, and don't, don't go ahead and zip it. Just hang in there. <laughs> well, also, just a warning, 72 hours is when psychosis sets in, everybody. Yes. So take some breaks, take some nap breaks. That's why firefighters don't work three shifts in a row. They're not allowed. Well done. Nice. <laughs> okay. So moving on to receiving gifts and sometimes certain love languages are easier to spot than others. Like when we talked about in the mini series, it's easy to be like, here's this present, but sometimes it, it can be just that simple. So how would you say God demonstrates giving gifts to us? Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, one thing I'm aware of is your health. I mean, I just think if we start with the basics, I mean, there have been times I just tell him, I'm so grateful that I can see, that I can enjoy your creation and that I can hear, you know, I mean, just the bottom line, the sense, uh, the bottom line, our basic senses. Um, I heard a pastor say one time, he was complaining um, because he didn't, he was complaining that his refrigerator was so old. And he felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to him. What about all the food that's inside that refrigerator? And I think it's like every one of us, we, we forget the small gifts. We forget the beautiful gifts we're daily giving. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And that if we would take our days and even train our children and even appreciate our husband like you know, the salary you make is the exact salary God has designed for us. You know what? Because he's working. What is he going to do if he's working so hard? You know what I'm saying? Let us be people that are, are grateful and appreciative. And that starts with us seeing the smallest things as, as gifts, honestly. Butterflies. You know, we need to watch our children. A lot of times they're more aware of what the Lord is doing than we are. And how they're like, we should never lose the wonder. Of, of living this life and getting to live it for him. And um, our children are, are a blessing in that way. I love that you said butterflies. Scout is super into butterflies right now. And she she is that kid like, there's a butterfly. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, you pointed out, um, like just not taking for granted the gifts you are given. Mm-hmm. Kind of you have those blinders and that tunnel vision on, probably coming from a comparison trap again of, you know, well, they're getting these blessings and gifts. What about me? Mm-hmm. And I think you could be as bold as to, in prayer time, 
say, God, please like bring my awareness to the gift. I know that as a believer in our relationship that you are blessing me, like help me see help me those see it. gifts. Yeah. yeah. Cause sometimes we are like deep down in, in the valley or whatever. And that is a great prayer of Aaron. So Good job bringing that well, up. and it's, it's like you said earlier too, it's probably Satan that's saying, man, look, look what he gave her and not you. He must not love you. You know, the lies. So you got to combat that with the truth, which is getting in the word and talk all the things you've said. So all connected. Love it. So how, how can we as Christians honor God by gifts? And like you said, gifts can look a million different ways. So can you give us a few? Well, there are so many, there's so many needs right now in the world. So there is uh, all, uh, the local church is always the first as far as the tithing um, in a monetary gift. There's also, you know, it, just places that you can donate things and be a part of. You're always modeling for your children if you have young ones at home. And even with those who are about to leave, service projects are huge in gifts. But using the giftedness God has given you in training them about being others-minded, about people that are different from us. And so um, I, I've seen, um, well, we, we've tried to be good to our neighbors and when the kids were little, especially, and, um, and then now I see them being aware and the grandchildren trying to grow in that way. It's so easy to just be so into yourself. And so when you're starting to build an other's mindedness, even to the smallness of, okay, go place that grocery cart back in that area. Why? Because of the preciousness of other people, because we're always teaching them to think of others, God's creation that may not know him yet. And it's if it's God's kindness that leads to repentance from Romans 2, 4, that should be our goal is kindness. If that draws people, that should be an area that we try to um, to serve others. And so um, I think even like purchasing things from people that you normally wouldn't just as a way to share God's love and the provision he's given you to share with them. I think that's another example. I think even training kids in the sporting arena, arena to thank the referees at the end of the game. I mean, that, that, that's not what they normally hear. And we are supposed to look different in how we handle things. Like how you talked about, it takes intentionality for all of this. A kid just doesn't magic their way into be, being kind. People don't just magic their way into being nice. It takes effort. And I like how you're tying it back to a why. So we're influencing people all around us. And that's our next mini series is how we're influencing others. So I like that you're bringing up all those points that you have to intentionally teach, model, and lead what you're saying, which is all tying back to fruits of the spirit. Yes. do that. And we know that um, one of the greatest callings as Christians is to love one another. And so using God's gift to gift others, mm-hmm. which is ultimately a gift to him because then we're showing him love. Right. Yes. I like how you're also talking about it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical, tangible gift. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. We're called to tithe and serve and give that kind of things, but it could also mean like spending time with someone who is feeling lonely or, like, Hey, let's go get a coffee. And if you're like, no, don't buy me coffee, you can get, you can give them your time or, you know, all all the reflect um, stuff of Jesus there. So that's great. Okay. Acts of service. So obviously there's like one that comes to mind, but how does God show acts of service as love for us? So things he has physically done or will do any of that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
well, just as you had mentioned, I mean, the greatest gift we've ever received is his, his son, Jesus Christ, to our world and how he came and he lived and he loved and he died for us. And so um, there is that very important, but also for us to just be looking for the opportunity um, to share and serve others in that way. Um, okay, so I love this verse and it's Matthew five sixteen. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And then the reminder, too, that faith without works is dead. I mean, we need to make sure we're taking what we're learning outside of our homes and we are using that in our world. And I do have a short story. One of the things I forgot to tell you is my husband and I, he's been uh, our youth leaders from our old church in TIG went over to Gracias Honduras to become uh, missionaries, took their two little kids and adopted a child while there. So we go every year there. But recently we were there and my husband had given uh, one of the pastors, a Spanish speaking pastor, the book, Five Love Languages. We go a year later. And so in their church, they have like 25 people showing up for this um, love language. They get their books and they have a meal which was awesome. Well, then we returned home. And last week, I tried to reach out to all the missionaries. There are 14 of them. And so she said, we've added two more couples and we did five baptisms, all based on the book and the learning that was taking place. Well, one of the big acts of service they do there is um, because the mountain is so far from the hospital, they will have women that are real big that they hear about, big pregnant, two to three weeks from delivery, and they will house them, do Bible study with them, wash their clothes for them, meet with them daily, feed them, and an effort until they get to the, you know, time to have the baby. And um, I just thought that was a great way to wrap it all up and what that can look like Mm -hmm. in the world. And that's not in our backyard, but that is just a great example of just trying to do the whole thing to reflect and point to Jesus the whole way. Yeah, something we talk about in our family is seeing a need and filling a need. So, because I, Enneagram twos are really good at just naturally, oh, this person needs that, or oh, and so Farron and I have been working on getting better at that skill. So I like that it's it doesn't you don't have to go to Honduras to serve Jesus. You can there it's everywhere, just from under your roof to your neighbors to wherever you're going during the day, you can show any of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, our neighbor next door, we spend a lot of time with her, and she's actually going to our church now. And so that was from taking care of their dogs and visiting with them and taking care of the plants, just like you all do yeah. in your neighborhood. So, Okay, last love language, physical touch. So this one, I know some people get all kind of weird on physical touch sometimes because they either, sometimes I feel like they either are physical touch or they are not physical touch or God can't actually touch me. So this one doesn't count. So I'm, we're interested to hear um, how does God physically show up in love? Yes. Okay. So um, before I, I have something to say there, but before I do, before we move to this part, recently my daughter had her three month old in the hospital and he had the rotavirus. Everybody in our family had it, but two people. And so she's in the ER bawling her eyes out because no one can be with her. And um, this nurse, a, a male nurse, 
he went and got one of those microwave blankets and he walked over and he placed it on her very appropriate, you know, placed it over and he said, I just think you need a hug. And so I thought about that, just that, that kindness of someone and it, and it, I mean, he never touched her. He just handed her the blanket. I think you need a hug. And I think we, we forget to value just how much a small bit of kindness uh, can mean to people. But on the other part, um, I believe God also gives hugs. And so um, I, those friends represent the hands and feet of Jesus. And, and sometimes you just need a hug with a person with skin on. Um, but there have been times I will say that when I was like just praying and, and, and just really needing to see the Lord move in an area. And then this, an amazing answer to prayer would come. I would feel very much hugged that day, very much attended by, um, I, I also know that there have been times when I would be on a walk and just, you know, I have four kids and just praying about something and interceding and, you know, really a lot of times with tears and uh, he can handle all of the emotion, by the way. But um, I remember there was a day that a butterfly would not leave me alone. I mean, I'm on this walk and I mean, like, you know, really, really with me. And you know, from now on, I think every time I um, see a butterfly, I'm always reminded that God loves me. This is the way I receive his hugs. And there was also one other example. There was a real dark season uh, for my husband and I. And um, so on Valentine's Day, this was what started our running, was uh, we were in a pretty rough season and um, we needed we need a little balance. And so he invited me to come start running with him. And then he promised me a pair of tennis shoes. And so I said I would. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we we um, we were in a rough time. And um, so he went, it was Valentine's Day. He went and bought me a galvanized um, wind chime from Tractor Supply. <laughs> so it wasn't all that ornate, but it was powerful and so we put it outside our house and we he made a determination every time we hear this wind chime we're going to remind ourselves that God loves us that the Holy Spirit is at work whether we see him or not right now and so let me tell you I was just it was just a you know the Lord is working you know he's always working but sometimes you need a symbol a hug and so that was a, our hug that and we would be amazed at how noisy and how active that wind time was. And so one, one day, one of my daughters said, all I know is the Holy Spirit is active because she couldn't sleep. So we ended up having to move it out of the barn because it was so noisy. But to I me, that reason, I just feel like that Lord is tender. And if we allow him in, he will be hugging on us all through the day, through your children's voices and through, you know, just celebrations of life. And seeing people grow in their faith, um, seeing people understand the Bible in a better way. I mean, I think he's hugging us a lot. And, and granted, we're in a tough time right now. We are. But I think, too, it's um, seeing, I saw a picture of um, a little Ukrainian child going to um, a school. And, like, there were 15 little um, children from that school coming and embracing that child that's just brand new and had left that country. And so the Lord is always at work. And he, I just, may we be people that are watching him, watching for him and, and allowing him to hug us. It's like you said, Brooke, sometimes women don't want to be hugged. And so women's Bible study, it's like it mops. They would have a little 
a little sticker. And if you were a hugger and you saw that sticker, you could hug them. But if they did not have that, you couldn't hug them. So I was oh, that's so funny. Sure I stayed aware of those that didn't need a hug. But anyway, oh, I love it. I the wind chime thing, super cool. We have an Atomic Habits mini series about how you're setting yourself up like visual cue or auditory cue. And so a wind chime is a perfect example of just if you needed a cue, whether it was to pray or to be thankful or whatever, that's perfect because, and it's also like the God nod there because there's, there are going to be moments where your wind chime, like it is not windy outside, but the wind chime is <laughs> going so clearly, <laughs> clearly thankful or pray. That is so true. I love that. And I've heard people sometimes refer to it as like a God wink or a God nudge. So again, we can listen for those promptings. I know not everyone wears a sticker, but if you are feeling this <laughs> urge to like go hug someone or just, you know, put your hand on their shoulder or whatever it is, proceed with caution. But <laughs> you can you also know, ask them. Yeah. Be like, you look like you need a hug. Can yes. I hug you? Yeah. Yes. So just ask Naveen on that, on his behalf. I like yeah. that. Yeah, being bold with that, following those nudges. With any of these words, these uh, love languages, you've got to follow the nudge because clearly Satan's not going to nudge you to do some good, but God will. Like, let's go. That's true. That's true. That's great. So we have gone through the five love languages, but we know that sometimes um, maybe we didn't set you up with like a point you really wanted to make or through our discussion, maybe going off script, you're just feeling compelled to share a certain something um, and take time to think if you need. But as we wrap up here today, is there any uh, thing that you want to leave our audience with when it comes to either us showing love for God or really driving it home that God does love you. And if you're not feeling it, what can you do about it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we, um, we are all going to be faced with seasons that are dry wilderness seasons. And so the bottom line is, is just not to waste that. So whatever you have to do, ask a friend to pray for you. Um, can just evaluate, is there something that you're really holding on to too tight that he's wanting to invite you to give up for the better, which is him, uh, and more of, of his um, call upon your life. I think he, um, we're promised his presence in scripture. And then one of my favorite verses is Jeremiah 29, 13, which is, if we seek him, he will be found by us. That is his promise. And he loves us to, you know, I think, ask him to show himself mighty. Um, Hebrews eleven six says that without faith, it's impossible to please God because we must believe he exists and he rewards those who seek him constantly about seeking him. We will, we will, we will win because he promises to be found by us. There's two things too. Uh, just, I had written some things about um, as quality time, you know, have those dates with your kids, but you know, we, as the picture of the uh, as the marriage is the picture of a church, allow your children to see you dating your husband. Just make sure that you're in dating him more than you're dating them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that um, that should all work together and not should be in competition with one another. And lastly, what I wanted to say is, Mama Bears, um, be careful that when your child comes against something hard in school or in life, 
that you not overprotect them so much that you're missing an opportunity to train them in what the gospel would have us to do, and that is to pray with them, pray for the person that's hurt them, um, pray for the teacher that you may have had a misunderstanding with. Teach our kids because they are, they are to serve the Lord in their generation, just like we are. Are we raising them for that opportunity? And so I'm just inviting your children in to see it like we all should be seeing it. God is in control. Our lives have, have conflicted with this person, but it's not too big for God and he can bring good. Are we going to let him work? Or are we going to try to just control the whole thing? And listen, as a mama, we love our kids. It's easy to do. I've made the mistake. That's why I'm here telling you, don't do it. <laughs> but um, I think there's some great good that can help our children when they leave our homes, that they saw faith in action and they can go be light and salt where God calls them next. I really love that mama bear example because I think we could all agree it's easy to love one another and on the peaks, right? right? But then what do we do in the valleys? And if we're not having those conversations, um, I think as adults, that's where we have avoidance or we want to just bail out of the relationship instead of working through it and coming out stronger the other side. So while those are not fun situations, I love your encouragement to capitalize on it and by demonstrating and modeling but also using it as an opportunity for your students to, or your kids to practice. Or your students, if you're a teacher. All the things. All the <laughs> Whoever things. you have influence over or yeah. raising. Yeah. Practice what love looks like in those situations as well mm -hmm. as a Christian. So I love that. Well, Janet, thank you so much for coming on the show. Woman of the word. I love it. I think our audience definitely got a fresh perspective because mm -hmm. I think I really hope everyone stays through and listens to them all because sometimes when we write these questions, especially through a biblical lens that we all kind of know what those right answers or typical answers are. And you definitely address those, but I, you gave even more of a fresh perspective and different ideas and the application pieces. So mm -hmm. I can't wait just to see how your encouragement spreads in the community. Yes. Well, I want to tell you, thank you for using your sphere of influence and being salt and light where you are. And I so appreciate you and those that you are influencing. So thank you for this opportunity, but I'm celebrating you because it's <laughs> just amazing. So thank you. Look at that. We're all awesome. Good job, everybody. <laughs> we help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access for more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.